0: If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast here on a Sunday afternoon. And hey. Another one where it's a little atypical for New York, but you're going to have to get used to it because winning is becoming the norm here as we have two teams as we get ready for week six. We have two teams that are now over 500, and it's been a long, long, long time since we have said that. Let's start with the Jets since we just went through that game, and obviously the game swung dramatically with the opening activities that knocked Bridgewater out of the game. So no tour. And then Bridgewater is not allowed to come back. So now they have to play Thompson. Now he was the darling of preseason. But again, the former Kansas State quarterback, that was preseason. Yes, he put up good numbers, but he was not expected to play here. The last thing they're thinking about was playing him. And obviously um, that – Impacted the game dramatically today, but the Jets did a lot of good things today. Again, they made plays aggressively with their defense, whether it was Gardner or the defensive line. They, of course, got a big game from Hall, who, again, looks like he could be a very, very good back, like a very much a lead back in this league. You want to have two running backs? Everybody pretty much does. Carter's a nice second guy, a nice compliment guy. He's good around the goal line. Hall is a guy who can break plays as he did today. Two receptions for 100 yards, the big 79-yarder. And then, of course, adding 97 So uh, on the ground and a touchdown, so 197 yards out of the rookie. That is a tremendous day today. The Jets... They looked okay against the Dolphin defense that, let's be honest, uh, usually is pretty good. Today it was anything but. Didn't give up a ton of yardage, but obviously a lot of points. A lot of that's set up by mistakes by the offense. We know that. But the Jets go on to a, a one-sided victory. They find themselves now at 3-2. and two. They, When was the last time you see them on the uh, long side of a 40-17 to 17 game? Um, this is all new, but it's becoming uh, a little bit the norm. Now, next week they go to Green Bay, and Green Bay is going to be very, very nasty next week because of what happened with the Giants today. And the Giants, if if you were watching that game from London this morning, about midway through the second quarter, the question you were going to have was, what were you going to do in the fourth quarter? Because Aaron Rodgers was tearing them apart. He had solved the defense's issues and the aggressiveness of the Giant defense, it looked like for good. And he was just about to put a big stamp on that game. The Giants get into the half of 2010 after a 17 3 deficit. Okay, get the ball back. And. Who would have ever thought that the Giants would be the only team that scores in the second half? The Giants got 17. The Packers got two. They get that because the Giants took the safety in the final seconds of the game. But the thing that was different here was the Giants being able to make plays when they needed them on offense. And give Jones credit, this was one of the better games in terms of decision-making in terms of decisiveness, that I have seen Daniel Jones play. First of all, you know he's gutty. I doubt he was 100%. But the bottom line is he made plays, again with his legs, which he always does, and he made throws today. The play calling was crisp, and what you are seeing is the result of good coaching, You can see the impact that good coaching and the Giants are getting very good coaching. Their defensive coordinator is a guy who has a way of doing business. You know he's going to be very aggressive. You know he's going to lead the league in blitzing. You know what he's going to do. He's going to sell out almost all the time. He does it, and it works. And let's be honest, there are the Packers running it down to where they're going to tie the game and take it into overtime. The Giants even called a timeout in the last minute and change to just make sure that they at least we're going to get a chance to see if they could, after they tied it up, and they wouldn't have gone for two, after they tied it up, get a chance to see if they can get down the field and get a field goal because they're obviously going you know, has got a good leg. So they were thinking about that. Instead, they come after Rodgers on third down, knock the ball down, come after him on fourth down, knock the ball down. How unbelievable is that? And why I say that you have to be very careful if you're the Jets next week, after the game, Aaron Rodgers went after his team because he didn't like the things they were saying in the locker room after the loss. So this is not the first time he's done that. He's been very unhappy with the team this year, but let's be honest, he has not played great for him. He has not played like himself. We know those uh, receivers have had drops, but you know what? Dubs is starting to look like a real receiver. Cobb and Lazard are decent targets. They have two running backs. He's got enough there if the offensive line does its job, but he just hasn't been himself, which is perfect. He's been less than perfect. You're seeing him make mistakes you don't usually see him make. You're seeing him make errant throws you don't usually see him make. You're seeing him miss receivers he doesn't usually miss. Is it old age, or is it just that he doesn't trust his offensive line and his receivers? But after the game, the defense was talking about how, hey, it's one game. Don't worry about it. If we lose next week, then we worry about it. And Rodgers said, be careful. That's loser talk. We don't want any of that here. And he chastised his own team. I'm sure that was a very merry trip home whenever that starts back across the pond. The bottom line is that was a devastating loss for the Packers, a great win for the Giant franchise. This one was the stunner of the season so far. The Giants have surprised you. They surprised you against Tennessee. They've surprised you at times this year, but this was a stunner because it looked like they were going to be in big trouble. Uh, And you knew, hey, they don't usually do well against Rodgers. Anyway, you knew it was going to be a tough game. Bottom line, to come from behind, to put up the points they did in the second half, to take control of the game, to get the plays from Barkley, and get the plays from Jones and and do the things they did and then get the big aggressive plays on defense that they got. The Giants go on to a stunning, and there's no other word for a 27-22 win, which makes them 4-1 on the season. Now, we know the division's playing very, very well. The Cowboys have done well. Their defense is real. Cooper Rush is doing his job. The Eagles have been the best team in football so far or at least the best team on the side of Kansas City. The bottom line is the Giants have really taken to the Dable coaching staff. You got a real defensive coordinator. You got real coaches in there, and it's showing in a big way. They have bought in lock, stock, and barrel. And as I've told you many times, what happens is if you're a team that was hoping to win five or six games this year, and you start winning early, everybody buys in. Everybody just gets intoxicated by the winning and buys in in a big way. Little hurts don't hurt. Little things that have been a problem in the past are not a problem now. People think about team first. They think about the good of the team, and it can make a big difference. And you're seeing that already as the Giants have completely bought in at 4-1. and one. And it is a wonderful story and a wonderful start for them. And for the Jets, hey, I don't trust their coaching staff. I'm still up in the air about their quarterback. But one thing was very clear. their general manager has gone out and put talent. And I have told you since day one I told you since the day of the draft, Gardner was the best player in this draft. Told you that on draft day. I told you that when they drafted him. I've told you that since last year. I watched this kid play all his games last year, and he is the real deal. Uh, But they've drafted other guys. Who Wilson's good. Hall's good. They got players. They got good young players. They have people everywhere now. If they get the quarterbacking and the coaching, they are going to be vastly improved, and they are improved. They're 3-2 and two right now as they get ready to go to Green Bay. So it is right now a big start in New York with the Jets at 3-2 and two as they get ready to head to Green Bay, and the Giants at 3-2 and two as they get ready to host the Ravens. It is starting to look like it's going to be a season that's not going to be over before baseball is. It's now looking like a season that might have legs. And that's fun. And that's something we haven't had in a long, long time. I know it's October. I know the Mets have a critical game tonight. The Yankees are getting ready to take on the dangerous pitching-rich Guardians starting Tuesday. It's October baseball time, but hey, it's fun if you're a Jet fan right now, and fun if you're a Giant fan right now, and that's a a nice occurrence after the kind of nonsense and garbage and poor play and poor everything, poor leadership, poor administration, poor everything that has gone on in recent years. It is very, very different. Let me run through the games, the early games of the 4 o'clock, just to give you a thought on a couple of things. Number one, I thought the Bills would kill the Steelers. You're not going to have a young quarterback and a beat-up defense go into Buffalo. Buffalo was due to explode on somebody they did today. They put up 30 points in the first half, two big touchdown passes to Davis, and they went on to an easy 38-3 to win the Browns are snake bit. They had so many chances to win this game. They didn't. They lose to the Chargers. They miss another field goal late. They also had an interception before that drive. They lose 30-28 to 28 to the Chargers, so the Chargers are 3-2 and, and the Browns are 2-3. The Vikings got off to a fast start today. Jefferson was unstoppable against the Bears. The Bears came back and took the lead. Then the Vikings scored again, so they went on to a 7-point win, and the Vikings are now 4 and one, and looking like they might be able to be the team to unseat the Packers in that division. The Detroit Lions, I said this to you last week. I'll say it to you again. They were everybody's darlings this year. This was going to be the year they were going to turn it around. Everybody loved them on hard knocks. Everyone loved the coach. They have been a bitter disappointment. They played against a third-string quarterback today, a rookie, who's not bad and zappy, but the bottom line is he's their third quarterback. Hoyer's hurt. Jones is hurt. And what they've been doing is scoring and losing high-scoring games. Well, today, they don't score any against the Pats, who were a good one and three. The Lions were a bad one and three. The Pats were a good one and three. And the Pats beat them 29 nothing behind their rookie quarterback and behind their defense. And you know this is one that the game ball, I'm sure, went to Patricia because uh, the former Lion head coach had to be all smiles today as the Pats put a beating on the Lions 29 nothing. And the Lions are 1-4 and, and a very, very disappointing 1-4. The Seahawks are getting good play out of Geno Smith. They're not getting any defense. They're not a good team. The Saints got a huge performance out of Hill today. Uh, he made, you know, some big plays around Dalton. No Winston. Kamara came back, and the Saints get a win, 39-32 in a game that went back and forth and back and forth. Um, both teams are 2-3 and three now. The Falcons, if you have been backing the Falcons this year on Bet Rivers or wherever, you are in love with them because they have been the darlings of the backdoor cover this year. They are two and three, and twice they have been down enormously in the fourth quarter and come back and covered. They were down huge to the Rams and came back and covered. Today they were down 21 nothing in the fourth quarter and came back and covered against. The Buccaneers, 21-15. So if you had the Bucks today, you were coasting, coasting along, and they came back and got the backdoor cover, and Brady could have put up a late score, but they used their timeouts. They get to the 18 with a first down, and you knew what was going to happen, three knees, because they didn't have any time left. So 2.46 left, Brady put the game in mothballs and didn't get that last score that would have given you the cover. But let's be honest. The Bucks got up twenty-one nothing and put it in ice. They had a lot of injuries today. They put the game on ice, and uh, again, the Falcons are two and three, but they're five and zero oh this year against the spread. Titans and the Commanders Titans were holding a lead. Wentz had the ball on the goal line in the final seconds. He threw a horrific pass that was almost intercepted. He threw a second pass that was knocked down. He threw a third pass that was picked off. And the Titans hold on to beat the one-win commanders 21-17. And then the Jaguars looked like the bad Jaguars today. They had so many opportunities. And again, their young guys have got to honor the football. And that's Lawrence. Lawrence. And that's at the end. They can move the football. They can make plays. They continue to make big mistakes. And they always lose to the Texans. That's five straight wins for the Texans against the Jaguars. Texans don't beat anybody else, but they beat the Jaguars. And the Jaguars are a much better team. They fall to two and three, and they should have beaten the Texans today. They should have had a big lead early. They didn't. Texans scored late and won it 13 and, uh, to six. Get their first win. Jaguars, a terrible loss to fall two and three in a game they should have won. And again, Etienne has got to hold on to the football. Lawrence has got to be better with the football. You can't be a quarterback and be careless with the football. The last two weeks, he has been extremely, extremely careless with the football. But again, here. From a New York standpoint, this is a wonderful, wonderful early October present. The Jets are 3-2 and two off a big win over the Dolphins. Dolphins had to play the game with a rookie quarterback who had never played before because Bridgewater went down after the early sack. Okay? Or the early hit by Gardner, who got his first pick today. And who will be an all pro within two years. I mean, he won't get voted to the team this year, but he'll get there next year. Uh, he's going to be that good. And Hall had a big game for the Jets, and the Giants come from 17-3 back, 20-10 to back at half, keep the Packers scoreless in the second half in London and come from behind to stun the Packers 27-22 and hold Aaron Rodgers down from the six-yard line in the final minutes of the regulation time as he was trying to push the game back to 27 up and into overtime. Everyone in the world thought he would as he just kind of methodically went down the field, except the Giants made plays behind their defensive coordinator who continues to dial up those blitzes and he's done it time and time again. And you know what? What he's showing you is he's going to do it. That's his calling card. And the Giants have bought in in a big way. They've bought in Dable. They've bought in the uh, Martindale. And they are 4-1 and one, five weeks into the season. That's stunning. As was the win today. The come-from-behind win against the Packers in London spoiling the Packers uh, initial trip into international uh, waters or international into into the international world of play. Uh, It wasn't a pleasant one for the Packers who will go home with their tail between their legs and get ready to take on the Jets amidst their star quarterback banging on the team, which he seems to do now on a weekly basis. Things are not, very happy these days in Green Bay. And why would they be? So that's where we stand right now. We'll be back with a podcast tonight after the Met game, win or lose. We'll either be talking about the Mets getting ready for a quick trip across the country and a Tuesday visit with the Dodgers, or we'll be talking about the Mets' season ending in the rubber game of the three game series in City Field against the Padres. One way or the other, we'll be there with the podcast after the game is over, and we will have a preview of the Yankee series. And already we've heard that Chapman will not be on the postseason roster. We will have a preview of the Yankee series. And listen. Everything points to another confrontation, and we all want it, between the Yankees and the Astros. It, It almost has to be that way. But let me say this. The Yankees are vulnerable, and the Cleveland team, because I still have trouble saying their new nickname. The Cleveland team is brilliantly managed, and pitching rich, and very live as an underdog. I expect the Yankees and the Astros to square off. I said that last week when I did the little baseball preview that we did on the podcast with with Mark DeRosa. We both liked the Indians. They won. We both liked the Phillies. They won. But we both thought that it would be Houston and the Yankees. Okay, so I'm not surprised by anything. I'm not surprised Seattle won. I told you I thought Seattle was impressive when I saw them this year. I thought the Phillies had a great chance against the Cardinals, and I like the Indians because I love Francona, as you know. But I still think while the Indians are dangerous, I still – the Indians. See, there I go again. The Guardians are dangerous. I still think it's going to be the Yankees and the Astros meeting one more time. And – has to be, right? We want that. We want that confrontation. We want that matchup. And we really would like a Mets-Dodger series, too. We really would. Even if the Mets can't get over that that hill, you know what? We'd still like to see that series. We'll see what happens this evening. I know you're having a nice Sunday with what's going on here. See if you make it three for three.